Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Finding your perfect home was hard, but thanks to Burrow, furnishing it has never been easier. Burrow's easy to assemble modular sofas and sectionals are made from premium, durable materials, including stain and scratch resistant fabrics. So they're not just comfortable and stylish, they're built to last. Plus, every single Burrow order ships free right to your door. Right now, get 15% off your first order at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's 15% off at burrow.com slash ACAST. Well, there is an argument that you could go full Trump. Now, I know, I know, I know. Sorry. Guardian reader, Sorry, I Guardian flinched. listeners might uh, well, fall off their. Uh, well, come their, on, their, I mean, everyone, their, everyone in this podcast just fell off the chair. That's right. But the Trumpian approach is damn the budget consequences. We're just going for it. We're just going. So I want to grow the economy really, really fast. Yeah. Like he is running a trillion dollar deficit. Hello, good people of Pods. <laughs> It's Catherine Murphy, and you are on another slightly chaotic, chaotic, see, I can't even speak, chaotic episode of Australian Politics Live. Today we're going to be talking about the economy, and I have Shane Wright to the left of me. Shane Wright, thank you for joining us, economics, uh, senior economics correspondent for the yes, nine. SMH and the age, thank, thank you. you. Yeah, no, that's uh, always my preference yes. too. And of course, the delightful and redoubtable Greg Jericho. Oh, what is well, that was what very, is redoubtable. I, I no, it sounds good though. It's all right, isn't I'm it? I'm going with it. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to run with it. Anyway, does I'll, that mean you? Is that the opposite of doubtable? Well, I don't know. Or, or questionable. I can well, redoubt. Isn't a redoubt to do a it again? Military term. Redoubtable. No, I think that is a compliment. Well, I certainly meant it as that. Redoubt. Oh well, anyway, the listeners will I'm tell us. I'm just thinking of the movie Zulu. No, it's sort of, it means it doesn't Zulu, mean you're the a final subs- redoubt. You're a substantial person. Doesn't well, there we go. We'll go with that. Anyway, Greg Jericho, uh, my Guardian Australia colleague and man of facts and charts. And anyway, as discussed in slightly chaotic fashion, we are talking about the economy today uh, because this week we have seen the latest GDP figures. September quarter. September quarter. So both of these gents know that I've had, uh, on the day that we're recording this, that I've had my head well and truly in the Medivac legislation, so I'm not burdened with too much information in this conversation. So these guys are going to tell me about the GDP and about the economy more generally. So Shane, why don't you kick off GDP? Big numbers, Mm -hmm. 0.4 through the quarter of September uh, lower than expected market was looking for about 0.6. Annual was 1.7, which is roughly where most people thought we had a couple of little upward revisions. But the main figure out of it is 0.1, which is the minuscule increase in household consumption through the quarter. Household consumption. Oh, hang on. So, Whoa, oh, on. Oh, oh, God, you've this got is me important. now. Oh, 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 wait, wait a minute. minute. No, yeah. okay. So, really, did that happen? So, household hmm. consumption, 0.1 for the quarter. It is... The worst quarter of household consumption to, since December 2008, and December 2008 was when everyone purchased some canned goods and went looking for a cave because the global financial crisis was upon us. And of all the quarters since the start of this century, there's only been four worst performers 
and three of them were around the GFC, which is actually goes to why the uh, Rudd government at the time was throwing so much money at consumers because uh, household consumption makes up what sixty, yeah, about that 60, 60 percent of GDP. So if consumers aren't spending, then you've got you're starting a long way behind the mark. Right, and so picking up, Greg, picking up the story. So obviously the government was hopeful that tax cuts and record low interest rates would make the consumer less cautious. However, however, no, they've decided to be more cautious and save all that money. The savings ratio rose uh, 4.5. 4.8. Yeah. 4.8. You're doing seasonally adjusted. I'm sticking with the trend, but anyway. <laughs> or, or you're just wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Um, yeah, see, uh, well, high, since, high since March 2017. Yeah. So just, savings just... ratio went up. So we're, we're saving more of our income. Um, one, one little sort of stat to know to alert you to know that things aren't that good is uh, in the past year, government spending contributed more to economic growth than did household spending. That only happens when you're either in a recession or it's GFC time. And so even though the government uh, was quite chipper that uh, the growth has risen, I mean, 1.7% is pathetic. Uh, if we're being honest. Officially, crap. Yeah. I think is the word I, I think used. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And if you take away uh, government spending and exports, which, you know, the mining sector is still doing well, still shipping off lots of coal and iron ore, but if you take those away, then the domestic private sector is going backwards. Private and, demand shrank mm-hmm. over the year. Yeah. GDP per capita was flat. So of five last quarters, it's been flat or negative, uh, mm-hmm. three of those quarters. So that's that's just telling you how much population growth is keeping the economy floating along mm. and just how little impact is coming through from punters like you, me, and all your listeners. Mm. Well, God, that's quite a lot to get your head around, isn't it? Well, we, we try here, don't we, Greg? Yeah. I mean, w- one positive little thing is that for the first time in a while, real household disposable income went up but it only went up because of the tax cuts flying through. Mm-hmm. It, it mm. didn't go up because of the, the reason why you want it to go up, and that's because you're getting more income, you're getting better wages and so forth. The actual, if you look at the income in real gross household income, it was flat and it's been flat for about well, three yonk. years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. three, four well, years. We, well, we all know. So, yes. so the government is, you know, they um, both the, the Prime Minister and the Treasurer were, were crowing about household income rising, but it really was just as a result of the tax cuts and that's what they're meant to do. But what they're then meant to do is to spur economic growth and that is to come from spending and what these figures show is that did not happen at all. Yeah, which takes me. I'm going to take to you to yes. a theory of mine, oh, which good. I've been working no, on for well, some time. Good. Which, yes. So, ahead of the tax cuts, you had young Joshua and everyone else saying, "Right, people will go out and spend." In fact, uh, the treasurer mentioned it in his budget speech, saying he was saying this, hoping this will people go out and spend this money. Yeah. And even on the day that the laws, the tax cuts were passed, that was the whole theory that people will go out and spend. Now, that was based on a theory within Treasury that people would get the the low and middle middle income tax offset, 
1080 bucks and go and spend it. Economists thought, right, now we'll look back for what happened in GFC. Maybe they'll spend half of it. What I think has happened is that Treasury has not looked at what has traditionally happened when people get their tax refunds. And this is, remember, the, the tax offset is a refund. Mm. And as a boring nerd that I am, I've gone through the original, what happens in original spending on retail mm. through the July to October period, going back the most, most best part of the last two decades. You cannot see when tax refunds come through. Mm. People don't go out well, and makes, spend their tax yeah, refunds. Yeah, it makes sense, actually. They... They and you, you it, pay off, you pay off your credit card or credit card or, or bills because often people get their quarterly power water rates bills all come yeah, in yeah. around that but somewhere between July and October. So and I went thinking right because I my original th- theory was right people will get this and they'll spend a bit of it and that's that's what Treasury is thinking. But if you look through the data on what actually has happened mm. over the years when all these like last year, it was about $15 billion worth of tax refunds flowed between July and October. But you cannot see it in retail spending. It doesn't get spent that way. And that, and I think that's where Treasury has got into a problem. Not problem, but that they've misconstrued what would happen well, what, relative what to what's happened. What normally do. Or what, no, what, what happened previously yes, when they got exactly. a check, these, which was the Rudd, check, the Rudd stimulus check, which yeah. was, please go and spend this. We want you to go and spend it. If you're, you're young enough to remember, yep, go down to see young Jerry Harvey. He was younger then. Go down and spend it and we'll get the economy going. This has been looked at and treated quite differently and by Australian consumers. Do you think, possibly, Greg, I quite like this theory. Mm. I'm like I'm it. on board with it. Yeah. yeah. I like it a lot. God, you guys um, are easily swayed. Well, no, but it, it, it makes sense, Shane. It's quite good. Um, but <laughs> the, the air of surprise worries well, me too. Wow. <laughs> you made sense, Shane. Oh, Thank come you, on. Greg. Come I've been back. on the back foot since Redoubtable <laughs> in this conversation, let's be honest. Greg, do you think possibly, and I mean, it's obviously much more complicated than that because the reasons we're not spending at the moment are not to do with the lack of a government direction. Right. This will what where I'm going will make sense in a sec. Mm-hmm. We're not spending because we're heavily indebted, because we're anxious, and we're prioritising saving and and trying to be less heavily indebted. Right. But as Shane was just saying a minute ago, back in the olden days of the GFC, when Kevin Rudd brought us in for that special press conference on that mm. Sunday with Ken Henry and various things, you know, it was very very clear. The, the, the message to consumers, right? Your economy needs you to get this check, go to Jerry Harvey or, you know, JB Hi-Fi or wherever the hell you want to go mm-hmm. to and spend the money, right? The, the message was very clear. But Shane's right, Frydenberg did say in the budget and reply speech, spend the money, that'd be nice, please, that'd be lovely. But he's a bit push-me-pull-you with that message, though. He has said also, oh, I don't want to tell people what they should yeah. do with mm. their money. And he's did, which he again or, did that today. Yep. You know, Both or, and, and this has been the problem, right, because they're yeah. sort of doing stimulus without calling it stimulus. Do you think that's part of the reason people aren't spending? I think, it, well, I, th- I think Shane's point is very good. The, the difference with the GFC was you got an actual sort of special payment. It was not part of your normal tax return. It, it in itself was special. It was like, well, we've got this new thing that we don't normally get, so let's, let's go spend. Sp- it. It's it's not expected. Whereas you do kind of budget for 
a tax return. You don't know how big it's going to be, but you know, okay, we'll use that to for whatever. It's kind of already mentally spent in mm. your head that mm. you're going to do something. And mm. so the fact that a tax cut just gets blended into that that tax return when it when it finally comes. So it doesn't in itself seem all that special. You you kind of unless you at the actual account, you don't know precisely how much more you got than you would have got. It's just oh I got a tax return, so I'll do with it what I'll normally do. It's a bit bigger than normal. But also, as you're quite right, coupled with that is you've got the Treasurer and the Prime Minister saying, Oh well, if you want to save it, you can save it. It's up to you. That's fine. And and also trying to sort of suggest, oh, if you save it now, that's good because you'll spend money later. Down the track or something. And that's kind of true, but it means that that spending is very diffuse and it's not going to have the stimulatory effect. And that that's the whole problem when you've got a government who is frightened of saying the word stimulus because, in a sense, that admits that thing the wheels have fallen off and yeah, that they that things aren't fabulous. under their watch. Mm. And... So whereas the Labor Party back in the GFC didn't have that concern, they, they'd only really just been in power, so they were able to say, hey, emergency, break Well, they didn't glass. have the luxury either. Yeah. It was the GFC. Yes, yeah, they had yeah, to. It was it's much, the worst yeah. event it was yeah. I've seen since, yes, um, yeah. since the, the depression. depression. Whereas this case, it's, it's uh, there's no falling off a cliff. It's just a long, slow decline that's, you know, just... Lemmings in slow. Yeah. yeah. We're just mired in meh, you know. Mired in meh. And... But for, so there, there's no sort of direction from the government of actually let's we need to do anything, and so people aren't going to think that they need to need do to, anything. They're going to think I'll look out for myself, which is yeah. save, and that's kind of prudent, but not great for the economy. When well, you you saw it a little bit, it, like deeper into that is household spending, discretionary spending actually fell by 0.3% in the quarter. And Frydenberg was pointing out, look, there's been a lift in in furnishings. Fantastic. But he didn't point out the fall in hotels, cafes, restaurants, which as a spend is much more important mm. than new carpets and new lounges. And a lounge, yeah. And it also, and this is it, you can feed off that in terms of, right, Murph, I can't take you out uh, for a coffee today. I'm, I'm just trying to save some money, right? I feel a bit sad. Hopefully you feel a bit well, sadder as well. Sad. Mm. Yeah. And we didn't even think about Greg just because we can't afford to can't think about afford. Greg. Mm. So you get that that's mm. where you get into those those feelings that are coming through the consumer confidence readings, both the weekly from the ANZ and Westpac's monthly, which are given we've just had we've had three interest rate cuts and Josh Frydenberg's throwing about a thousand bucks at everybody. We should be a happy bunch of uh, little musketeers, but we're not. So this sort of leads us to a place in the conversation where I would say something like, so are we at a juncture where the sort of orthodox economic interventions don't work in this environment or... That's a legitimate question I have. That must be really mm. quite something for a treasurer, Josh Frydenberg, a Liberal, to say, oh, perhaps all these things that used to work aren't working is a bit of a problem, right? That'd be a big psychological thing to confront if you were him. But uh, I can express that question a bit more simply. What do the figures tell us that the government should do in relation to the economy? Does it? Do they give comfort to the... It'll, we're bringing forward infrastructure spending, it'll all be okay, Jack and Jill 
don't worry about it, or does it suggest that more pump priming may be needed? Well, there is an argument that you could go full Trump. Now, I know, I know, I know. Sorry. Guardian reader, Sorry, I Guardian flinched. listeners might uh, well, fall off their. Uh, well, come their, on! Their, I mean, everyone, everyone in this podcast just fell off the chair. That's right. But the Trumpian approach is: I will give tax cuts, like the company tax cuts and the personal income tax cuts that he gave. Damn the bud! Damn the budget! Yeah. Like he is running a trillion dollar deficit right at the moment. Yeah. Like it's the biggest deficit in, since twenty twelve when unemployment was about nine percent. Mm-hmm. He's got unemployment down to three and a half, three point three. So the full Trump is damn the budget consequences. We're just going for it. We're just going so I want to grow the economy really, really fast. And the Reserve Bank is saying we need the economy to grow much, much faster if we're going to get unemployment down to four and a half. Um, and once you get down there then you can see wages growing and everybody will be happy. But the full Trump is not something that can be countenanced by with the surplus. With more, no, you can't do it with the surplus. Mm. You actually mm. have to say no. That's what I mean. Stuff Screw it. the surplus. And surplus. we're going to say we can we can afford this because we was it yesterday? I think the government sold three hundred million dollars worth of debt that won't be paid until twenty forty seven at an interest rate of one point six percent. Like it's it is money's mm. cheap. Money is yeah. absolutely cheap. That's there's the full Trumpian approach. These guys will never go down that path. But there are, there is an alternative out there. But uh, no one dare speak the Trumpian name. What do you mm. think about full Trump? Well, I wouldn't go full Trump in the tax cut way. I'd go full Trump in the let's make use of the one point six percent ability to borrow money for twenty years. I mean, there's a hell of a lot of things we could be um, building and. Um, spending that money on it. And one of the things these figures showed is that it was government consumption, government sort of just spending money uh, on things, especially the NDIS and the and the age sector, that was fueling growth, not government investment. Government investment contributed bugger all. Um, in fact, it's kind of been declining over the past year. So their talk of, oh, we're bringing forward all this investment, well, they better start bringing it forward quicker than it is because it's it's kind of dried up. And if I was going to pump prime the economy, um, one, you've actually got to get across that, you know, get out there and spend. You know, don't don't be afraid. We've got, you know, things under control, which they're, they're certainly good at uh, trying to convince everyone that they've got things under control, but they've done it in such a way that it's almost like but there's nothing to worry about. And it's like, well, you know, if you want people to spend money, you've got to tell them, know, to, do tell them to do it a little mm. bit. But also that... that um, or tell them, well, sorry, or and, tell uh, them why it's important yeah, to do it. Well, it's, well, it's than, important, yeah, but also yeah. at the moment they're still very much on the surplus trumps everything. And if that's how they're going to be, well, then we're going to be where we are. I I do have one question. Mm. It's the way that they keep talking about drought, Mm. not in terms of the economic impact, but the support that they're giving to drought-affected communities, and they're talking about it as if it's a stimulus. Now, drought is not like... It's not like a GFC, which is a financial economic event. It is a climactic event. And I'm just trying to work out when we've when have we ever talked about drought, drought support stimulus, yeah. as a type of yeah, yeah. We're, we're doing our bit for the these drought affected communities, the drought affected economy. I yeah, well, I'm, the I'm just struck by no, 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 a bit well, weird never, it is. Never, never in 
Never now. Well, we've we've lives. lived through a few droughts. Well, exactly. The three yeah. of us have gone yeah. through a fair few, and uh, yeah, I like yeah. I don't, I don't think uh, Edmund Barton was talking about this uh, the stimula the, the stimulatory uh, impact of the no the the, 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 uh, the federation. Yeah, drought. and yeah. and I mean the certainly the the farm sector um, hasn't been helping um, the economy, but the the non farm GDP growth was still. You know, just below two percent, well below you know the three percent sort of long term average, and actually the the impact of the the weak farm sector is actually less now than it was a you know six months ago. It sort of is coming. It's coming the, back. Well, it's not coming back. It's just not as uh, it's not big as big a drag on the the it's overall. Like, economy. It's like the inventories. The yeah. inven- inventories detracted a lot last quarter. Uh, even though, and even though inventories were run down this quarter, that wasn't as bad. So the way you measure it means they actually contributed to mm. growth. Yeah, it's crazy. These it statisticians, they just make stuff up. Well, they, they just yes. Well, well, they don't. <laughs> they just say that we've got readers who no, will be like, no, oh, exactly. Oh, no, 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, get, they'll get another email about exactly. it. Oh, I'll get the, un- yeah, the unemployment. We, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. No. Best we don't. <laughs> Sorry, Murph. No, no. No. Let's not open that door. So. So really what we need the government to do in my EFO, which is shortly, is to change course. They're not going to. <laughs> but they're not you going to. You know that. Well, yes. So nominal GDP actually isn't too bad at the moment. So the budget, the overall budget bottom line right at the moment is still not bad, although you can see that they've got some is- a few smaller issues around tax collections, but nominal GDP is still pumping along. But they're going to have to make some big corrections that will actually hit the budget bottom line further out, which is longer-term growth and wages. Um, they, will, they will have an impact um, in 22, 23, mm-hmm. when there's supposed to be tax cuts. Mm. That's where, and there's a big drop off in the size of the surplus that year because of the impact of that second round of tax cuts. Just putting it out there. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, it's the Shane is right in the nominal GDP growth is is still doing well, and that generally is good for taxes and for revenue. Which, if you were, you know, if I was treasurer, God help us all. But if I was, I'd kind of make use of that and go, well, we don't need a surplus. We can still balance, almost probably deliver a balanced budget. You know, we don't, now is not the time for a surplus because, you know, growth is 1.7%. They you know, are they are not going to be added no, by but this. but they're not going to be added. And there's going to be lots of bringing forward of infrastructure spending, careful planning, everything going. Mm. It's like, well, if this was the plan... Well, I'd be worried if they start know. talking about the aged care package as a stimulatory... Oh, I know. Oh, my oh, God. Well, that, well, well, we haven't, um, fortunately, crossed that bridge yet. All right, let's problem. just, in conclusion, what are the... We all agree, and um, we could we could all send Josh Frydenberg, you know, a short missive saying, dear Josh, gee, it'd be good if you could change course and you guys do that regularly and... Hasn't, I mean, he's not listening. He's, he's not, not listening. Right. Okay. So let's not even bother. I thought, shall we all just send Josh our best Christmas message? But let's not. No, no. let's think about it this way. If the government doesn't change course, what are the consequences? The economy is still going to muddle along. It it really will. And this this is this is the problem. You've got 
I always look at it this way. The RBA has said, we want the economy growing faster. We want unemployment at 4.5% or lower. So that means we have to run the economy much, much faster. You look at all the forecasts in, contained in the budget, which are predicated on what policies they're rolling out, you don't get within a bull's roar. And that's that's the problem right at the moment. We've got two arms. Two, the two key elements of economic policy in this country are they're shuffling off in slightly different directions. Well, yeah, fundamentally yeah. different directions, really. And you go, that's the issue. So the government is making a, effectively making a choice. We will let the economy grow at a subdued rate because of our other policy objectives. And you've got Phil Lowe and team saying, oh, for goodness sake, guys, girls, get your, get your act together and grow it faster. And, and this is why I come back to the Trumpian approach. He made a... Absolutely, like it's a bold, it's a bold choice, Cotton, mm. to go down the path of stuff the orthodoxy. I want the economy to grow real fast, and that is a policy message that both sides of politics can agree with. We want to grow much, much faster, but no one's prepared to say actually do the business. To, well, to make the trade off, which to is make to a say, huge trade off because we're in, in that trade. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And Greg, what what uh, do you have any fundamental? Yeah, point it'll, of it'll keep muddling through. We won't. We're not in danger of recession. Our exports will keep us from going backwards and the government spending on the NDIS will, you know, is not in any danger of stopping soon. Um, and given their timetable, it's got a few more years of ramping up to go. Um, so if there isn't any big significant change uh, in the MIFA, I would expect another interest rate cut next year down to 0.5%. And at that point, then we start thinking about uh, unorthodox um, monetary policy, methods. unconventional methods. And um, I can see Greg in Martin Place with a printing press right now. Exactly. Getting wheelbarrow. <laughs> wheelbarrow. Yep. Wheelbarrow with the dollars. So, and, you know, we'll just keep going along, dribbling along, and we'll get to 2% growth, 2.2 or something, and there'll be, wow, things have turned. And really what we'll also be seeing is a lot more... Um, downward revisions in our forecasts in the budget papers and in Reserve Bank's mm-hmm. statements of monetary policy, which has been part of the course for about the last three years, so yep. not mm. a great deal of change. Well, I'm very sorry in this episode that we haven't brought you much sort of advent cheer. We've just sort of had a massive downer. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Go now we have a machine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but uh, in in very erudite fashion, redoubtable fashion, um, uh, my guests have uh, been superb in explaining the latest bits of the pieces of the economy to you. Thank you, as always. Speaking of superb, to uh, our executive producer, Miles Martignoni, uh, to Hannah Izzard also for Sterling Services to Production. Don't forget Guardian Australia's Full Story podcast. I know a lot of you guys will have uh, subscribed to that already and you absolutely must because it's brilliant. Really get behind that. Uh, And uh, we will be back with you again next week with more ho-ho. More ho-ho-ho. (laughs) Ho-ho. Thank you for listening. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. 
Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.